passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Chuck, I uh, hope you're having a good morning. Tommy, I hope you're having a good morning. Uh, doesn't seem like the people in Starkville are having a good morning. Yeah, it's a bad deal. Um, it, it um, you know, it sounds like it's kind of like the situation was when we went to bed last night. Uh, not good. I wondered if we'd get up this morning and would hear that he was gone. Uh, but apparently that's not the case right now. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I've talked to a couple of people that I know down there, and... Um, it's not good. It doesn't sound like it's going to have a good ending either. So, um, you know, that's um, that's basically the word this morning. It's just kind of hard to believe. I mean, you just don't think about that. I was talking with a friend last night. Some probably have better memories than we do. I don't recall a uh, Southeastern Conference head coach or even a Southwest Conference head coach uh, when we were in that deal who, uh, or when we were in that conference who, who passed away while he was still on the job. Um, you know, Bear Bryant died, it seemed like two or three months after he retired, but, um, you know, you just don't think about something like this happening. I mean, you just don't, it's tragic. I mean, beyond the, the football and the fact that apparently we're about to lose one of the great characters in our game. I mean, you know, by all accounts, he's a decent guy. And, uh, that's the thing that I've always heard about Leeds that he's quirky, but he's a decent guy. And so, you know, that that makes it even worse. This is the release from Mississippi State that uh, Coach had a personal health situation leading the decision to transfer him to the Mississippi Medical Center in Jackson by ambulance. And the extent of the information that NMSU has regarding Coach and conditions will not make any other comment due to the fact that they um, kind of want to keep this, I guess, within the family at this point in time. But Yeah, I mean, that, that, that came out yesterday afternoon. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's really, you know, it's almost dated at this point. Um, you know, everybody knows what's going on where they might, or at least where he is. I, I think the question now is apparently, and, you know, you hate to just come out and say it. I mean, the thing that apparently is the situation right now is, you know, is he going to survive the day? 
And that's um, yeah, clearly he didn't fall down the stairs and break his leg. This is a much more serious, serious yeah. situation. Well, that, it sounds like, I mean, there have been reports. It's a heart issue. Yeah. And, uh, um, so, you know, beyond that, I don't know, yeah, but I mean, that's, that's, that's been pretty widely reported I, now. Yeah. I guess describing it as a cardiovascular issue, uh, would be the, the thing, but, 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 um, anyone that's, that's been around, it's got family that's aging or, uh, maybe have dealt with it themselves have been through this and it's a, it's a hard time because the family doesn't know what, what to do. And, and I would imagine, even though the, his wife may have been, I don't know his personal situation, he's the He's the patriarch. He's the he's the he's the pirate. He's the leader of the family. And now all of a sudden, the hero is, you know, lying, lying there fighting for his life. Perhaps so. I mean, it, well, I mean, it, you know, that's you're the hard, you know. Well, I mean, as you say, you're the leader of the organization. The thing is, he's young. I mean, uh, uh, he's not an old man. No, uh, this is this is this is not like an elderly parent dying. Um, this is a sudden deal. Now, uh, from you know, by all accounts, there's 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 been some issue there. Um, that's, that's perhaps led up to this. Um, you know, apparently there were some health issues during the course of the fall that were related to this. Here's the thing about Leach. None of us really know who he is beyond the character that we see on television. Um, you know, one of the things that I've always found interesting about Mike Leach is he is more than willing to go into character on television for generally speaking, and the SEC Network's the worst about this, um, the guy never has to talk about football. He's never had to talk about football because he goes into character and these young reporters ask him goofy questions because they want him to go into that character and give him a good soundbite. So we don't know Mike Leach. Um, nobody really knows him. Uh, I know people that do, but what I'm talking about is from a public perspective. Mm. If you're outside of Mississippi State, you just know the pirate character. And uh, he's always been willing to go into it because it means he doesn't have to talk about things other coaches have to talk about. And, and I completely understand all that. I'm not being critical at all. Um, that's just kind of how he's done it. And the end result of that now is in this situation, um, you know, we don't know much about him. Well, you mentioned, you know, some health issues to the fall red where he had been battling pneumonia throughout the season. And... Uh, when my dad was sick and and when he passed away seven years ago, he had had pneumonia that had led to some some issues, cardiovascular issues as well. So pneumonia, football season, all of that, uh, I'm sure has been taxing his body for, for, for months now. Well, the thing that we don't know, we may not know, is is the pneumonia a result of the health issue or is the health issue the result of the pneumonia? Right. Um, I don't know the answer to that question. But... Uh, you know, you think about pneumonia where you get a shot, you, you do this, you get some medicine, and you're better. But, man, that's that stuff, uh, if not dealt with, can, can lead to a lot of other serious issues. I, I think yeah. heart attacks are kind of similar to cancer. I think they affect so many people either directly or indirectly. And uh, I, I know personally my grandpa had a couple of them before he passed, and he finally was let go. And I know that probably every single one of our listeners at some point in time have had a family member or friend has kind of had to deal with this situation. Well, uh, you know, again, I, I don't know, and we don't know absolutely that it was a heart attack per se. Um, I don't know that we ought to delve off real, real deeply into, you know, assuming that that's what all this is. But it is. It certainly sounds like, based on what we've heard from down there, that it is some kind of heart issue. But but that's a wide blanket, and um, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see what happens there. And now, and now the business of, you know, a football program that has a bowl game, um, 
you know, it's turned over to, to Zach Arnett and their defensive coordinator, but the business of college football will move on. And it, it's a it's a tough time of the year to lose your head coach with transfer portal, signing day, bowl game, all of these things that, you know, that, you know the show goes on, so to speak. Well, there'll be time for that. Um, you know, I don't know if they'll play their game or not. I don't know. Um, I, I have I, I have no idea. We don't know. Anything that we would say at this point is purely speculation. Um, yes, you're right. Life does go on. There's no doubt about that. And, and um, you know, you have to make hard decisions as a result of that. But um, I just, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure this morning their administrators have thought about things like this in the backs of their minds, but... I doubt if it's at the forefront at, you know, 6.38 in the morning today. And I guess we should also remind ourselves they have a new AD that's just weeks on the job after John Cohen went to uh, to Auburn. So, was it – I didn't commit to that. And Brocky Brewer or something. Couldn't I, tell you. I, I apologize. I should have that written down, but I don't. But point is, there's new athletic administration – uh, at Mississippi State that's just weeks old at this point, probably just settling in himself. Yeah, and I think you're getting, you know, I think, you know, what's going to happen beyond this, maybe we're getting a little ahead of ourselves there. I, I, I just think that right now they're in a, you know, time is standing still right now for them, I'm sure as a program and as an athletics family. And um, the things that we see as coming from the outside looking in, you know, when you're, in the middle of that, so to speak, I, I, I'm, I'm sure there's been some thought given to it, but not much. And, you know, frankly, particularly in those circles there, it would be terribly distasteful to even bring that up during, yeah. uh, you know, the, the outside world has a little bit different perspective. But from within their bubble right now, um, I don't know that they've gotten to those things. And I know it's a competitive uh, field that each of these coaches find themselves in, but there's also a family aspect that they feel like it's one of their own, and not just in the Southeastern Conference, but for everyone that's coached against Mike Leach or coached with, with Mike Leach, I know that they're probably uh, have had, and again, nothing has been declared or anything like that, but even in this case, this is probably pretty emotional for everyone mm -hmm. this morning. Yeah. Well, there's no uh, there's no good way to segue out of a topic like that, but we're just let's just do it. Saturday, Arkansas played uh, in Tulsa. Chuck, you were obviously there for the game, and different result this year. Seemed like a, a very Arkansas uh, heavy crowd in T town as Arkansas takes down Oklahoma. I thought it was a fun game. It was a fun game to call. Um, yeah, I made the comment to Z. I said, you know, you coaches love defense, fans love offense. And uh, that was a fun game. Now, there was defense. I'm not saying they didn't guard each other. I'm not saying that. But um, I like it when teams shoot well. Um, you know, there's a lot of ugly basketball out there. Everybody's saying, man, didn't they play great defense last night? Well, yeah, they did. But both sides shot about 38%. It was like, you know, nails on a chalkboard at times. But I thought that game was entertaining from start to finish. Good players, great atmosphere. The Razorback fans showed out. The team played great, I thought, and um, just a just a fun day. Ricky Council played all forty minutes, twenty six points in the ball game, two rebounds, ten of fifteen shooting from the floor. Um, without question, he was the star of the game. Yeah, I mean, Ricky's. Uh, you know, there are some points in that ball game where I mean, he was just uh, he just took over. And, um, you know, Council's a big-time player. I mean, he's, he's a big-time player. And I think, I think he benefits 
from some of the things that we've talked about as it relates you know, to football season because that's what we've been in the middle of. But, you know, he's an older guy. And that's the thing about Council, too. When I watch him play, I see a guy out there that's just, you know, he's just in some ways just physically more developed than some of the guys that are trying to guard him. And, you know, one of the things we've seen, we talked about Stetson Bennett being 25 years old the other day. I don't know how old Ricky is, but I'm going to guess he's about 22, maybe 23. I mean, he's been around, uh, you know, he's been in college maybe four years. He's bounced around a little bit. So my point is he's an older guy, and there's a big difference between an 18 and a 22 or 23-year-old. And um, I think you see a mature basketball player who knows how to play the game, who maybe is a little bit smarter in playing the game than some of the younger guys he's going up against. And um, he's a keeper, man. I mean, he's a good player, Mm -hmm. really, really good player, good basketball IQ, and I'm sure glad he's playing for Arkansas. I always felt like Matt Jones made certain runs and certain plays look so easy. Ricky's one of those guys on a basketball court when it comes to alley-oops, dunks, and athletic plays. He just makes it look so easy and the thing about him I was kind of curious with Nick coming back what kind of role he was going to have Tuesday night I think he was still trying to figure it out a little bit but I saw when Nick went out Ricky took over even at points when Nick was in the ball game Ricky took over and I think that's a really positive aspect that this team has is he can be that second guy at any given moment like we saw on Saturday he's been the first guy through the first 10 games Mm -hmm. and I say that respectfully to Nick Smith but Ricky's been the number one guy. I mean, he leads the league in scoring, or if he doesn't now, he's second, and I, I think he may be first again after the game he played Saturday. But whether he is or not, I mean, Ricky's been the best player on the team for 10 games. And I say that again respectfully to Nick Smith. If he'd played all 10 games, we might be saying something else. But um, Council's been the guy. Here's Eric Mosselman talking about them being ready. Here's what Coach had to say about this game. It wasn't like we were going to go in the locker room pregame. And, I mean, you could kind of feel the vibe, even yesterday, of them being really ready to play. Especially in the, the second half. Now, Oklahoma, give them credit. They shot 62% in the first half. They switched up the pick-and-roll defense at halftime, and Oklahoma was not as efficient from that area. And Arkansas just exploded offensively in the second half. Well, There's a game that was was played in the in the in the lane. I mean, you just look at points in the paint. A final total score, eighty eight to seventy eight. Points in the paint, Chuck was fifty eight forty four. Both teams, you know, were all in the paint. You know that that's that's where the game was played Saturday. Well, and that was the difference I thought for Arkansas. You know, we talked about or I talked about this some on the podcast. Matt talked about it too. Is that you know, you go back to the San Jose State game, and we talked about this last week. We talked about points in the paint and that stat and what it means. And, um, you know, they were great in the paint, driving the ball against San Jose State. They got away from that against Greensboro. They had 28 points in the paint against Greensboro, and they had 58 against Oklahoma. They were jacking threes from all over the place against uh, Greensboro and didn't make very many of them. And, Shot threes within the the you know within the offense Saturday the way they'd done against San Jose in the game prior to Greensboro and um, you know this is uh, this is this team I mean they got to attack the rim you've uh, uh, you got to go to the ten as they say and when they do good things happen I didn't know that Greg Sankey Chuck was going to be attendance I don't know if you got a chance to see him on Saturday but I spoke to this on Hog Reaction after the game I mean you think about Arkansas basketball Tommy. Last two years in the SEC, they've been the last team in the NCAA tournament. You've got Kentucky coming into your house to close out the season. 
I think the SEC knows what it has in Arkansas basketball right now. And they're if we've seen the schedule, they're putting them in a lot of nationally televised games and marketable games for this league. And SEC's so far shown out in basketball. Tennessee won yesterday. Bama got a big win against Houston. SEC basketball's looking really good right now heading into conference play. Well, I think the Razorbacks are a brand you can trust. If you're ESPN, if you're Greg Sankey, right now Arkansas basketball's one that, hey, it's going to be durable and reliable in February and March to put them in a key primetime spot. I think I think this is, uh, right now, Chuck, a brand that uh, everyone around the league looks to and knows that we need Arkansas to be good for this league to be really good nationally. Well, you put your best teams in your best slots. And Arkansas is one of the best teams right now. And uh, you look at um, Arkansas and Auburn and Tennessee and Kentucky – uh, they play, you know, they're, they're, they're recognized for good basketball now. Um, you know, the league made a great move a few years ago when they hired Dan Leibovitz to basically run basketball, and he was there in uh, Tulsa Saturday with, with the commissioner. And so, you know, SEC basketball is good right now. The top half of the league's good. I think Mississippi State's coming. And, uh, you know, there's some, there's some teams that aren't very good. But the guys that uh, that are your marquee programs right now, and Arkansas is one of them. Those are the, you know, those are the ones people to pay attention to. You know, it's a holiday season, and I know that um, you know it is the season of giving. And I want to talk about Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, for just a second. I want to tell you about something they've been doing now for a few years. Uh, what they do is when they when they close a deal, uh, Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, and and their participating agents, they donate a portion of those closing costs in the client's name to Arkansas Children's Northwest. They started doing this a few years back, and you know, fast forward to today, and they've donated almost two hundred fifty thousand dollars, almost a quarter million dollars. So, um, you know, you're dealing with you're dealing with quality people when you deal with Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. And now you're dealing with real estate pros too. They know how to negotiate. They know the market. They can get you from contract to close, and all that's important. Uh, but it's nice to deal with friends. It's nice to deal with people who have the community in mind as well. Now, they've got an office in Fayetteville. There's another one in Springdale, Bentonville, Fort Smith, Branson. And you can always log on to WeikerGriffin.com. Chuck, I know we were ta- talking a little bit about this yesterday. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Third and goal, Ezekiel Elliott up the middle. Dallas Cowboys get it done at home against the Houston Texans, who are just dreadful this year. Looking at the NFC playoff picture, it is kind of weird. The Bucks are bad this year, and yet they're going to be first in the NFC South, probably going to have that playoff matchup. I mean, Brady looked horrible yesterday. Drake Greenlaw picked him off, which was kind of fun. But, uh, and by the way, get the autograph after yeah. that. Yeah, got Brady. That, that, that was cool. Got, hey, and give Brady credit. Yeah. I mean, give Brady credit. He never batted an eye. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, he could have been. Uh, you know, he could have been standoffish on that. We are going to talk about that coming up uh, in, in just a little bit. But, guys, the playoff picture is starting to take shape. It's kind of weird that, the again, the Bucks have a losing record right now, but they're going to host a home playoff game. Chuck, just more confident now after that win yesterday, or is it just a, a win they should have blown the Texans out? Well, a win is a win, and I believe that. And I, I don't I, I don't care about style points anymore. I used to, but I don't care about style points anymore. In the NFL and pro football, I mean, you, um, um, you know, you're just not going to be at the same level every week. And the Cowboys were at a level yesterday that almost got them beat. And um, 
you know, that's that's how the NFL works. You see games like that sometimes. Really, you you probably see at least one game like that every week. So we've got the Las Vegas Bowl where Florida's going to be featured in that. You've also got some Saturday NFL games to get that. Now, I know, Chuck, you've been really focused yeah. on you got three NFL games on Saturday. Saturday. Colts, Vikings, Ravens, Browns, and Dolphins, Bills. All on Saturday beginning at noon. You got noon, 3.30, and 7.15 on Saturday. I know the Dolphins are playing the Bills at night. Yeah. And they're supposed to snow in Buffalo. Oh, geez. So I, I can already tell you I'm taking the Bills. I got knocked out of the uh, my our playoff picture in fantasy yesterday. I was kind of ticked off about that, but I'm still going to be really focused. This is where I think some people with college football, and I know we've got bowl season, they start to turn their attention as we get closer to the NFL playoffs. Is that something you guys are going to watch more of this weekend with it being featured on Saturday as well? Yeah. I mean, um, to me, that it, it's always fun. Like Chuck was talking about, that, that game on Saturday night, that's going to be on the NFL Network too, by the way, that Dolphins-Bills game. Who's not watching the game if it's snowing during the game in oh, particular? Yeah. I mean, yeah. anymore, that all these stadiums are equipped with such good equipment and the, the way they keep the fieldy. If it snows before, they it doesn't, you don't notice it. It's that in-game snow that can't take your eyes off it's of it. As long as it's not six feet of snow where they have to move the game to Detroit <laughs> a couple weeks ago. No one wanted to play in that. So, but I, I think the, the conversations that we've had with Brett Good, who, again, was wearing shorts and a T-shirt in 30-degree weather playing golf because Lambeau, it gets to negative up there. I mean, you guys played football in the snow. It's fun, but it, it's also one of those scenes as a fan where you're just sitting there. It's so frigid. Like, I don't I don't know how fans in Buffalo deal with stuff. Well, like this is about TV. This is about TV Saturday night. This is one of those games. You watch these snow games. It's kind of like watching the Masters. You think, man, isn't HDTV great? Um, snow games are great when you've got a great, big, good television screen, and there'll be a lot of people watching it. I've got to be honest. I don't, I don't pay much attention to the NFL until the Razorbacks are done. Um, I've got a full plate till Saturday, and lots of times, you know, as odd as this may sound, I'm about footballed out by the time we get to Sunday afternoon. But this is the time of year when college football's regular season is done. When you do, or at least I watch more NFL, I enjoy the playoffs. I like watching good football. There's not as much good football in the NFL as there used to be, in my opinion. But it is, uh, it's still enjoyable when the good teams play at the end of the year. For a lot, for a lot of people, you just run out of other things to bet on. So, yeah. but the NFL becomes maybe so, maybe so. Focus yeah. Maybe so. There's no college football to bet on. I don't want to bet on basketball yet. So, uh, you know, and and honestly, most of college basketball, by by and large, is not real entertaining yet. And you know, you get a few marquee games here and there. Arkansas played in one Saturday, but by and large, a lot of the games that are played this right. this time yeah. of the year you know, don't really draw you to the television. The NFL does on these Saturdays. You know, you mentioned that, the betting aspect, Tommy. So Arkansas fans, a lot of them, what they did this Saturday is bet the Oklahoma-Arkansas-Bryce Mitchell parlay. Bryce Mitchell, unfortunately, Thug Nasty got his tail whipped on Saturday night. So if you bet that, you lost out a little bit. That's the great thing is you can combine all these different things. I have Morning Lars listeners that will send me like a 10-bet parlay. It's yeah. like you bet five dollars to I win like those five grand or whatever. Occasionally, you'll have a guy that wins a thousand or whatever, but you just do wonder how many yeah. times that uh. Hey, that are doesn't are y'all MMA guys? No. Um, you you like watching any of that stuff, Chuck? I, I've I, I've seen it here and there. I mean, I I, I couldn't name you two guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm with. Uh, that's just something that is 
for whatever reason, not been in my wheelhouse for a I like the sports that are played with a ball. Well, yeah. I didn't. I'm going to be honest. And the other thing, Saturday night, I didn't watch the second the Heisman. That's the first time in 20 years I haven't watched the second the Heisman Trophy presentation. Caleb no. Williams won. The guy probably, I, did, I mean, he got ahead a ton of touchdowns this year, but I just didn't care. And that's the first time in 20 years I haven't watched that thing. Probably. I I I watched or I did not watch it for like the tenth year in a row. Well, my day got uh, marred <laughs> with weather on Saturday. I, I uh, everything I had planned. Uh, yeah, for, did it get a little rainy down there in Little Rock? Yeah, home? I was I was at the stadium a little while on Saturday. It was about ten or eleven hours. So you guys look cold. It was well, it wasn't cold. wasn't the problem. Wet wet was the problem on Saturday at uh, at War Memorial. Basketball is back, and Bet Online is your number one source. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB. MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B L E A V. Bet Online, where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Linebacker Drew Sanders has been named second team All-American by the Football Writers Association of America. Guys, I'm going to guess that that's not the only award that he's going to get and continue to get. He's going to keep getting on these All-American lists the rest of the way based on the way he performed this season. No doubt. He'll be on a lot of he's going to be on a lot of all teams, that's for sure. <laughs> your favorite season, Tommy, the list season. Oh, well, I mean, well, summer's worse. The watch list season's the worst. Watch oh, list season. Gosh. Oh, my. You got a watch list for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Arkansas had a ton of players on those watch lists. And, and what's a watch list mean? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely People nothing. It means you made the list. Yeah, that's, that's all a, it means. Yeah. I was excited for Wednesday at 1228 when I was uh, going to select my baseball tickets, but instead they sold out this past Friday at 934 well, in the morning. They sent an email. This guy, I mean, if you had hopes of actually getting tickets if you didn't already have them or even improving your, your seat selection, Chuck, I mean, the, the email said there's less than 100 available, and I'm surprised there were that many, honestly, that, uh, that fans could get in on. I still shake my head every time they talk about baseball tickets and you know what's what's required now um, to see how much this has changed over the last twenty years. I mean, it, it is mind-boggling to me what has happened. And I, I mean, it's great. Don't get me wrong. College baseball is, uh, um, you know, I mean, it's it's a money maker in certain mm-hmm. places, not many, but certain places. But gosh, I can remember a time when you know you were waving them in. Yeah. You know, dollar hot dog night, you know, for, you know all, all free T-shirts, all that stuff. It's like minor league ball back in the day. But I just wonder if you could wave a magic wand at Bomb Walker Stadium and put as many seats out there as you wanted magically, how many could you feel? What would current demand feel if you, if you could feel the, the current demand? Well, I think sometimes we equate baseball attendance with postseason and, um, you know, the big series – Weather has so much to do with it, guys. Weather still has so much to do with it. You you can play a big conference series, and if it's in the 30s and 40s, it's going to affect attendance. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean there's not going to be a lot of people there, but it's going to affect attendance. So I, I think before you start putting more seats in there, you've, you've really got to evaluate, you know, can we sell season tickets based on these seats? 
because you know the 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 weather will come into play for you know two thirds of the season. Well, you know, but I believe if you opened it up and you had the availability, you could sell sixteen, seventeen, eighteen thousand season tickets. I I think right now. That's a good. I think that's a good question to ask. And uh, I, I don't was, know how. I, I don't know if you'd sell that many, but I think uh, I think you'd sell pretty much. Um, you know, I think you would have 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 big figures. The thing that, and we discovered this with Bud Walton Arena, um, the idea that you know Bud Walton Arena would ever be half empty when it opened in the nineties. I mean, mm-hmm. that was never going to happen. I mean, it was going to be full every time. And, you know, time told us, as the way people watch games changes, that they overbuilt in terms of, uh, uh, in terms of seats. And, and you may see some mm. correction of that as we move forward. So I do think, you know, we tend to believe in the good times that, you know, you can do this forever. And sometimes you get in a situation where you're left holding the bag. So I think well, it's about right right now. I mean, honestly, I think it's about right right now. Um, you know, people that want to go watch the baseball team play, there's, there's still going to, you know, there's still going to be an opportunity to do that. It's not like season ticket holders are there for every game. I just think it's so unique that you have a top three venue in baseball and basketball. I mean, you just don't have that. When you look at the baseball facilities for LSU, box is awesome. You got Duty Noble and Starkville, and then uh, in Ole Miss, you got Swayze. But their basketball facilities, I know that they just built the new one in, in Oxford, but their basketball facilities don't measure up. Well, all. That, here's the thing, though, guys. We look at facilities. Facilities are no guarantee. There is one place that has the basketball equal of us and the baseball equal of us, and that's South Carolina. In fact, they may be a little bit better in terms of their overall baseball facility, as hard as that is to believe. Now, Arkansas has added a lot of things now and has probably passed them, but there was a time when Ray Tanner was there. They first built that facility. I mean, he's their AD now, but... When he was their baseball coach and they built that baseball complex, it was the envy of every school in the league. And if you look at things historically, there's been a lot of stealing of ideas back and forth between South Carolina and Arkansas over the years. If you walk in their basketball facility, it looks just like Bud Walton Arena inside, just like it. And um, Arkansas took some ideas from their baseball facility in terms of what they've done with, with the one here in Fayetteville. So... My point is, is you still got to have the right guy. You still got to have the right guy. South Carolina's got as good a basketball facility as anybody in America. They've not hired the right guy. Their baseball facility is just as good today, if not better, as it was the, the day Ray Tanner became the AD. And they've fallen off because they've not hired the right guy. And so you still got to have the right guy, so to speak. But, um, you know, facilities are very important, and, and, and we've got as good a facilities as anybody. We seem to have the right guy for Arkansas basketball. Razorbacks went 88-78 to 78 over the Oklahoma Sooners, and it was heavy slanted in favor of Arkansas fans. Jordan Walsh and Ricky Council both had to see some had some things to say about fans after the game. The last school I was at, I thought we had good fans, which we did, but I'm convinced if we go to Africa, they're going to come through. So <laughs> it's definitely big for us, and it always gives us a push. I just realized that Oklahoma and us are probably the same distance away, but we definitely brought a bigger crowd, and they definitely can help us work through tonight. Yeah, simply put, we have the best fans in the country. There's no comparison at all. Like he said, we went to Africa, Europe. They'll be there cheering us on, hog calling all the way through. So, yeah, we love them. 
We love the energy they bring to the game every night. So they're a big part of our winning. And they know that because they've been to Europe. Yeah. <laughs> they saw Hawk fans there. So they didn't quite make it to Africa, but they made it to Europe, Chuck, and there were still people there calling the Hogs. Well, it sure helps when you're ranked ninth in the country. And uh, that's, that's, that's a big part of this. I mean, you know, we've played games. <laughs> These guys haven't seen it. But we've played games in places when we weren't very good, when there weren't many people there. So being ranked ninth in the country is a big part of it. Um, that's for sure. And, you know, we care about basketball. We care about basketball. And I'm not saying Oklahoma doesn't. They do. But they're traumatized by what happened in football. I mean, Toby Rowland's their play-by-play guy, great guy. And we were visiting before the game, and they're just traumatized by what's going on in their football situation right now. I don't think their fan base is in a very good mood. But, um, you know, basketball is important in Oklahoma, but it's not as important as it is in Arkansas to our fans. And Arkansas is ranked ninth, and Oklahoma is unranked. So um, the crowd... You know, in terms of percentage, it was right about where I thought it'd be. First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. So we spoke to it a little bit in hour number one. I don't know how many of you were watching the San Francisco 49ers take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yesterday. Tom Brady had one of the worst performances he's had all season. Looked awful on the other side. San Francisco looked like they could do no wrong. They've been just absolutely dominating as of late. Brock Purdy, who you might remember from Iowa State, has now been inserted as their starting quarterback with Jimmy Garoppolo going out. But the key part of this game, if you're an Arkansas Razorback fan, came at this very moment. This is way too early to make those decisions. And play the drive! It is intercepted! Dre Greenlaw with a beautiful play! Fayetteville's own Dre Greenlaw got an interception on the GOAT last night or yesterday, and the best part about it is he had Tom sign it. Yeah. After the game. So if you intercepted Tom Brady to get him to sign the football like Dre did yesterday. Would I have it? You know, I'd like to be in that situation, first of all. But, but probably not. I mean, I, Brady's probably not one of my heroes. Someone that, boy, I've got to have a Tom Brady autograph. But I got to tell you, you know, if I was a fairway over and Tiger Woods hit a ball down my fairway or something, it, it rolled up and bounced off my leg or something, I'd probably want him to autograph that. So Tiger Woods would be the one I would uh, probably want the autograph from First and foremost, so in fact, if you watch games, if 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 you watch, you know, the players on the field after the games, that happens a lot in the NFL. You yeah. see players signing jerseys and helmets and things like that. And um, I was not surprised that he asked. Um, it was great that they got it on camera. Um, I enjoyed Brady's exchange with uh, with with uh, Brock Purdy after the game. I mean, Brady's forty five. You know, Purdy's twenty two. He's old enough to be his dad. So when he comes over and says, hey, man, you played a great game today, keep it up. Can you imagine what that meant to Brock Purdy? I mean, can you imagine what that meant? 
you know, that'd be like Tommy, you know, playing golf, Tiger coming over. Man, Tommy, that's a nice drive. <laughs> I mean, you know. Man, almost I, got the I, I mean, Tiger. Uh, I mean <laughs> would your heart swell up if somebody <laughs> said that to you? I mean, if Tiger said, man, Tommy, that's a great drive. Yeah. Thank you, T.W. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> T. Well, T. Gray. First you know. name. Uh, yeah. First name basis. You know, we were actually born one day apart. He Um, born December thirtieth, seventy five, and born the next day. God decided. I know, I know. I was just a day late and a dollar short on those golf skills. Tiger got the full quotient of golf ability. (laughs) Yeah, I think he took it all that week, and I, uh, I was left with what I got. You know, but you know, but think about this: a player like Drake Greenlaw, and there are thousands of others that have played on the same field or the same time in the league with Tom Brady that. They never remember a day Tom Brady wasn't playing. You know, yeah. he was their hero, and now they're playing with him. And they, you, you could also relate that to golf with Tiger, but because there's few athletes we see this longevity out of where, hey, I'm four, five, six, seven years old, having my first memories of football, and Tom Brady's out there in his prime, and, well, hell, here he still is, you know. Well, I, you know, I remember Brady playing for Michigan when we were in the Citrus Bowl in 1998. That seems like a lifetime ago. I mean, that does seem like a lifetime ago to me. And, um, you know, he's still out there doing it. And, yeah. you know, you know, even the greatest, I mean, Michael Jordan at the end, Willie Mays, they were, you know, they were shells of themselves in terms of the way they played. Um, and Brady is right now, too. But I don't know how many people are going to bet against him when the playoffs roll around. I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl, but I wouldn't put a nickel that they won't. Uh-huh. You, you you bring up that Citrus Bowl, and, you know, Arkansas had had a great year. That was, of course, 98 when it all kind of fell apart. But none of us watched that game, Chuck, and thought, my God, that guy is going to go on. I, no telling how many Super Bowls he's going well, to win, you know. if you remember, I mean, there was a battle at the time between Brady and I think it was Drew Henson, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they had the big quarterback battle going on way back then. That's been a long time ago. And so, you know, things kind of run together. But – no, Brady was not. Oh, he's drafted in the sixth round. Yeah, one ninety nine. You know, I mean, he's drafted in the sixth round. Yeah. So I mean, it' uh, pretty amazing uh, all of that. But I, I don't blame Dre Greenlaw at all. And there's nothing he should be embarrassed about by getting that. No, ball I'll bet that autograph. one sits in his office. I'll you, bet that one sits in his trophy room. I bet you that you know those little plastic things you put a put a football in that's been autographed to protect it. I bet it goes in one of those. You know, it, it's hey, one of those you, I will say this. I bet nobody who dunked on Michael Jordan went and asked him to sign that basketball because I bet he wouldn't have done it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, uh, you you bring point. up getting dunked on. I remember the first time I saw Dre Greenlaw in person outside of SHS. He was at the Fayetteville Athletic Club when we were paying pickup, and he went nearly from the free throw line and dunked the basketball and asked my FHS buddy, I was like, who is that kid? He's like, oh, he played linebacker at safety at FHS. He's going to Arkansas next year. I said, hmm, yeah. he might have some success at, yeah. at some point in time. All right, that's your Morning Rush Daily Question brought to you by Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. You can log on at redriverdodge.com. This hour of Chuck Barrett on the Morning Rush is presented by Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Professional people, professional service. Schedule your service appointment today at gopascal.com. Right, so the, the big story in college football is the health of Mike Leach, and there's been several reports out there that are uh, hopefully going to be updated a little bit today. But, uh, guys, according to multiple Mississippi State beat writers, it's not looking good. He needs a miracle right now, and I hope we don't get some sad news today, but it sure looks like we're heading in that direction. Well, yeah, and I mean, this obviously goes way, way, way beyond football, and um, it's a terrible situation for him and his family and 
Um, you know, he's a public figure, and that's why we're talking about it, obviously. But it's a, uh, it does not sound like there's going to be a good ending here. And uh, you just have to, you know, you just got to feel for everybody involved. He's 61 years old. And that, you know, the older I get, the younger that sounds. Hey, that's about a year from me. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> Believe me, I, 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 I think about things like that. Yeah. I mean, this, so this is not a, you know, it, this is a surprise, I think, to most on the outside. Maybe to his family, we don't know. This is uh, something that um, they, they feared happening. But, you know, reading some of the things that have been out there from, from Mississippi reporters, he'd been battling pneumonia throughout the year. And, I just know that you know, going through that with the with my dad years ago, that that pneumonia really you know taxes the heart and the lungs and that cardiovascular system. I don't know that one thing has anything to do with the other. We'll learn more as we move down the road. But I thought it was interesting that it's been pointed out about uh, he's had a battle with pneumonia throughout the football season. Yeah, that's 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 been discussed. I've heard people say that. I got to be honest with you. I always take a step back when I start hearing sports people talk about medical issues and that's you know the the reports that have come out of jackson have all been from um sports beat writers and they're basically just you know they're they you know they're repeating what they've been told is 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 basically what it boils down to because that's not their area of expertise it um but but certainly it 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 sounds bad and um it does not like there's going to be a good ending here uh, you mentioned something there, Chuck. It's like you start thinking about this, just the relative closeness of age. I mean, I think at 27, I don't ever think about this type of stuff, but then I hear a story like this or I have someone close to me that think about this, it just kind of makes you reevaluate certain things in life when it when it, something like this happens, well, especially I mean, to a public figure or someone you know that's close. When I was your age, I thought the age I'm at now was, you know, a million years away. And I, you know, it didn't, you know, 40s, God, oh, my dad's how old, that, that's old, you know, and you know, just the older you get, well, your it, perspective changes, Ty. So. Sadly, people, some people die young. Yeah. You know, not everybody lives to a ripe old age. And, um, you know, I don't want to get too far, you know, beyond the, you know, just the fact that Mike Leach is evidently in a really bad spot. But, I mean, yeah, some people die, you know, some people die young. And, and um, again, we don't know a lot of the stuff here. All we really know is that he was taken to Jackson. The reports say that it, it's, it's a grave situation. And uh, I did wonder, you know, I was keeping up with it last night, kind of like everybody else. And um, I wondered if, you know, we would not get up this morning and hear that he was gone. But, apparently that has not happened if it has the you know the stuff hasn't gotten out and um you know this is a delicate situation here and and i think everyone needs to be respectful and, and avoid distaste and um because you know by all accounts a decent man's about to you know is about to leave us and um so that's sad whether he's a football coach or not how do you deal with this as a team I mean, you were talking to the athletic director aspect, what he's kind of going through his mod, Tommy, but as a football team. Well, I remember when Garrett Eckman passed away. When, uh, uh, you know, it's a little bit different situation, obviously, um, you know, when a player and a coach passes away. I, I just, for the record, I thought that was Bobby Petrino's finest hour as the Razorback coach was the way he handled that. But I don't recall, I was discussing this with a friend last night, I don't recall in the SEC or even in the Southwest Conference, um, uh, a head coach passing away while they were, you know, still the head coach. Um, you know, in the SEC, I remember Bear Bryant died, you know, shortly 
after he retired, a matter of months. Um, Pat Summit obviously passed away, but she'd stepped away from coaching too by the time that happened. I, I don't, I don't know that this has happened. If it has, it's been a long time, and I, I'm, I'm not, um, you know, up on my history enough to know who it would be. But from a team perspective, I mean, it's, uh, you know, the leader of your team is 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 gone. The leader of your family's gone. Um, I can tell you when football teams and basketball teams and any team tosses around the word family. You know, we get desensitized to it as fans, but to them, it's a very real deal. It is a very real deal. When you see guys that are 55 years old embrace their teammates and call them brothers, I mean, you know it's a real deal. So I'm sure from that perspective, they are devastated. And um, again, from the outside looking in, it's easy to turn the page. It's easy to say, well, what are you going to do now? Um, when you're inside that bubble, I doubt if you know, I doubt if those young men have gotten that far yet. You brought up Garrett Ekman's story. He's a Little Rock Catholic kid, and uh, I know for a lot of my friends who went to school with him, they still have, the I think, an annual golf tournament with him every year, and it, it's still one of those things where you get to that point, that part of the year, that you start to remember that stuff. Yeah, I, I think it's hard, you know, when you're in your, your, your late teens and early 20s and something like this, you know, you're, you're figuring out how to, how to process it if you hadn't been through, like, something like this before. I I think about their athletic department and from the top down, new brand new AD after John Cohen left to go to Auburn. You got Zach Arnett that's been putting a role to kind of shepherd the program through this. this. You know, no one has a textbook or a playbook on this. You just deal with it hour to hour. Well, you can be a great athletic director or a bad athletic director and not have anything to do with how you handle this. Yeah. I mean, you can, you know, this is, this is where the human element takes over. Mm -hmm. Kind of like you said in the first hour, there's no great way to segue from that. But nope. let's go back to what we saw in Tulsa on Saturday. Chuck, you said what I felt on Saturday. That felt like an NCAA tournament atmosphere. I mean, you've got a, a solid arena. Tommy, I'd never been there before. That is a beautiful yeah. facility. BOK Center's awesome. I've been there several times. In fact, first time I ever stepped foot in that building was for an NCAA tournament. They had one of the pods in Tulsa, I don't know, four or five years ago, and, and got to go over and see some of that. Been there for a lot of concerts. It's a... Chuck, it's an NBA-style arena. It's an NBA-quality arena without an NBA team. You've got two really good arenas in Oklahoma. You've got that one and the one over in Oklahoma City. I mean, they're, 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 they're both really good arenas. I mean, they're NCAA tournament, as you say, tournament-type arenas. And um, Tulsa's proud of it, and they should be. And so, uh, as we were discussing earlier, I, I hope Arkansas continues to play over there. I, I, I hope they find a way to do that. I think they will benefit down the road a lot from uh, just the atmospheres of what they experienced Saturday and what they experienced over in Hawaii. Um, those were event-type atmospheres. Um, you know, not your normal Wednesday night game. Uh, not even a Saturday game um, in Mar or in uh, uh, February. I, I mean, it, 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 you know, it was a legit atmosphere, and I think you're better as a team for having played games like that. You were talking with Matt on the podcast about Makai Mitchell. I really like what he is in a pick-and-roll situation. He's got a bevy of post moves that I think is an addition to this team, and he's got soft hands. As a big man, you have to have soft hands when you're getting passes from Anthony Black, Nick Smith, Ricky Council, and I think he's a finisher around the rim that's going to continue to develop and find his role this year. He's got ball skills. I mean, he's not just a big guy. He's got ball skills, and he... Um, you know, one of the things I like about him is I, I, I see an even keel player. Um, I see a guy that, um, um, you know, he's a banger when he needs to be. He can finesse when he needs to. 
He's got good hands. He's got really good footwork. And, um, you know, he's got ball skills. He's, he's not just 6'9". He's just not a, you know, he's not just a space eater. One of the things I noticed last year is the connection that J.D., Note, and Jalen Williams had. I mean, how many times did those guys find each other on backdoor cuts or whatever? Twice in that game, Makai found Nick on a backdoor cut, and I think he ended up with four assists. That's another element yeah. that I think is an oh, underrated yeah. part of his game. Well, that yeah, that's 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 one of the reasons I like him more every time out. I, I I think he understands the game, and I think that's all part of being a, you know, an even keel heady player. I think he understands how to play the game, and um, you know, they got a lot of guys like that. Yeah. Oklahoma's got a good ball club. They're seven and three. They're going to win games. Sam Houston State was one of their early losses in the year, but as you look at the net rankings, that's a that's a good loss at this point. Grant Sherfield is a really good player, Chuck. Yeah, he's, I mean, you know, you think about it. I mean, he started at Wichita State, or he began his career at Wichita State before he went to Nevada and then came to Oklahoma. Um, you know, Wichita State signed, uh, signed some pretty good guys. I mean, Sherfield and Council, um, you know, they, uh, um, but at the end of the day, man, it's hard to keep them in Wichita. I mean, it's just hard to keep people in Wichita. They've just got a lot of disadvantages up there. But they went yeah. through a period where they signed a lot of good players. It's cold and the wind never stops in Wichita. Boy, it seems that's the like. truth, man. There's it no is doubt brutal about there. that. Tommy, There's no doubt about that. Last week you spoke to Jordan Walsh, Jordan Walsh, Jordan Walsh. You were mm-hmm. hammering that he needed to step up. He had his best game of the season, 12 points, hit two threes. I feel like he's going to fit that odd East Tony role this year where he's going to rebound, he's going to play defense, he's going to do the backcourt cuts. But we saw on Saturday when he's open, he can knock down the open well, three-pointer. If a big man can go two for five behind the three-point line, I think that's that's what you need. You know, you don't need you don't need three for seven, three for you don't need generally even that. I think two for five is a great place to be and played uh, over thirty-one minutes in the game, got you twelve points. Um, that's a good start, Chuck, to kind of figuring out how that role is going to pan itself out. Well, I think we tend to view how someone plays based on how many they score. I do think Walsh has the ability to affect a lot of things in the game. Uh, you know, It's great when he scores 12, and, and yeah. it would be nice if he could give you 12 every time out. But I think that you know his, his length defensively, I mean, it, you know, when you're down there on the floor and you see that guy's wingspan, I mean, he's like a condor out there. I, I mean, he just uh, – <laughs> Uh, I mean, he goes from side to side, and so he's a guy that can um, he's a guy that can do a lot of things for you in the game. Uh, two steals in the game, yeah, uh, three yeah. rebounds, two of them on the offensive glasses. This is a guy that makes his opponents. Uh, oh, he, know, he's causing some problems. He's a force on the glass, yeah. and Chuck he uh, he intercepted a pass right in front of you. Or that um, it was one of the. Uh, it was the across the floor, but across. it was a uh, you know it was a great play, and then he got. And and um, I mean he can uh, he can do a lot of things that's just, for sure. I just think sometimes and he spoke to this in the post game press conference that he's dealing with like the, coming from Dallas and a, a small town I think DeSoto is where he played and where he was Port Link Prep and just kind of adjust to that coming to a place like Fayetteville. Well, you'd like to see this continue and be a confidence boost for him the way he played. I remember he hits that three he points right at Eric Musselman. To basically to say thank you for putting me in that situation. That's big for him to continue to stuff like that. Hopefully it he stretches on Saturday. He played great, and uh, they're going to need him to continue to play great. You know, guys, one of the things I, I've, I've learned over the years is that if you're going to stay in business, you've got to provide great service. I mean, that's, that's, that's the key. You've got to service your customers, and that's why I enjoy talking about Pascal Air, Plumbing, and Electric. They've been around for over 50 years. If you don't take care of your people, 
you're not going to last 10 years, much less 50 years. But at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric, they've stood the test of time because they do take care of their customers. It's air, plumbing, and electric, full service. You hear me talk about their Pascal Plan Protection Program. That allows you, number one, priority scheduling. It also, in my mind, it turns it over to them. You're in their system. You get periodic checkups. They make sure that your heating and air system's working right. They make sure that your plumbing's right where it needs to be. They make sure that your electric is right where it needs to be. And this is what professional companies do. For me, it was a peace of mind program, and I think that's what you'll find as well. They're Arkansas-owned. They're Arkansas-operated. These are professional people. It is professional service. And you can find out more by logging on to gopascal.com. Let's talk to Philip, who's in Benville. Go ahead, Philip. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, my, here's my question, and I'm glad Chuck's there. You know, you, you had last yesterday where the women's team played ASU, um, and then you had uh, the baseball team playing it. Do you ever, and I don't know, Chuck, you can tell me, I don't know if the, if the men's basketball team has played but is this a setup for possibly down the road to where you'll see Pittman and the football team do a ASU, you know, a a home home and home series with the football team to ASU? I don't know that you'll see home and home. No, I, I think what's the year they're scheduled to play 20, in Little 25. Rock? Twenty-five. Yeah, yeah, twenty-five. Um, you know, I think that. If that game's played, and the, you know, once you let the cat out of the bag, so to speak, I, I think that there, you know, there may be some others. There's not the appetite for this game that I think a lot of people thought there would be. Arkansas, as you mentioned, they played them in baseball. Not really that much bigger a crowd than you know you'd normally have for a midweek game. Uh, they played them in women's basketball yesterday. I watched a good bit of it. I didn't notice the crowd being any bigger for that game than it would have been if they'd played somebody else. I don't think there's the appetite for it that a lot of people believe. I've watched Arkansas play these in-state schools in baseball and basketball. and hadn't affected, has, It has not affected the crowd one iota uh, from what I can tell. And so I'm not sure. Now, it'll be a novelty when they play in football. Um, there's no doubt about that. If they continue to play, it will continue to be a novelty. But there's the business of college athletics, and I don't know that you know playing them is necessarily good business, particularly if you go to a nine-game schedule in the league. I don't know how you work all that, and I don't know how you factor playing in Little Rock, conti- you know, continuing to play in Little Rock. Yeah. I don't know how you do that part either, but I don't see any scenario, any scenario, by which the Razorbacks would play a football game in Jonesboro against Arkansas State. Well, here's, I'll tell you what Hunter can and no one can. Arkansas football has nothing to gain by playing Arkansas State. We had Terry Mahajer on the program a couple years ago, and that was my whole point. Arkansas football has nothing to gain. The Arkansas Athletics Department has nothing to gain by playing Arkansas State. The Red well, Wolves do. I, the, Arkansas State does. The Razorback Athletics Department football program has nothing to gain and everything to lose by playing A State. Well, people have been saying that since before you were born, and it's still uh, true. And it's still true, and and uh, uh, that's part of the argument in this. And and um, um, but to answer the caller's question, no, I don't see a scenario by which they'd play a home and home in football. When's the last time Arkansas is not going to Jonesboro? Let's just no, be clear. That'll about, never. That'll happen. never. No. Ever. 
ever, and never is a big word, but it's never going to happen that Arkansas goes to Jonesboro. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Bruce Feldman's reporting that Ron Roberts is expected to be the new defensive coordinator at Arkansas. Now, he is being he was pursued, according to this report, by the Arkansas Razorbacks as well. Guys still don't have a defensive coordinator. Thought you might have one this weekend, but looks like he's going to the Plains instead. Yeah, I mean, uh, um, all I know is what I read. I, I don't uh, that, that, that word pursued, I don't know that that's entirely accurate. Uh, there are reports that they talked. Whether or not they pursued, I don't know. And, and um, you know, a lot of this stuff that you read right now is because these writers, and I'm not knocking them, they got pressure to throw names out there. Because that's the first thing anybody says when someone leaves is, well, who are you going to get? And that's when they start tracking planes. And that's when they start, uh, um, you know, Arkansas, from what I read, their plane stopped in Atlanta. And, I mean, you know, all of a sudden, you know, people still, well, who's, who's available in Atlanta? And so um, that's how things get started. We're just going to have to see how all this plays out. I don't think this, that a lot of the things people think are givens are givens. Um, so, you know, we'll just have to see how it all settles. Well, and how do you know what the plane is stopping for right now in the, in the heart of recruiting season? I know it's coaching carousel well, season. I mean, what the, I mean, you know, I have no clue. You're just guessing if you know why that plane stopped. Well, and my point is, 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 is that's why I get back to that word pursue. Yeah. And I hate to parse words, but um, I don't know that Arkansas pursued him or not. Well, anyone that's done any level of, of hiring in an organization you may interview four, five, ten people for an open spot. You don't pursue them all. Just because you had a, a chat with somebody doesn't mean, like you said, the actual, you know, did, did that conversation elevate and move forward? Yeah. Don't know. And you think about what Arkansas basketball does, just because they contact a young man in the transfer portal doesn't mean they're actively pursuing. Eric Musselman's talked about that. And in addition, you also got agents that, 
tip off reporters to try oh, to get yeah. their guy money absolutely. or their guy more. So that's absolutely that's another factor that you need to calculate on this. Now that's the defensive coordinator news. Again, I'd stay right here on ESPN Arkansas and hit that line.com for updates. Also, Dow Loggins, there doesn't seem to be any update on if he's going to go at South Carolina, stay here. Uh, that's kind of quiet, quiet on that well, front this weekend. Now, this is just my the outside read, looking at, you know at the tea leaves as they say. I would think if he was going to be the next OC, they would have this thing a little more buttoned up and, and maybe done. But I, I could be reading it wrong, Chuck. I don't know. I mean, and, and that's as honest as I can be. Is I don't know. I read what everybody else reads, and uh, these guys are out on the road right now, and um, they're they're. Uh, you know they're staying away by design, and this will uh, this will shake itself out. We go through this every year, and uh, lots of places go through this every year. And um, there'll be a you know there'll be a staff, and I think by the time we get to the spring, we'll all be excited about them. Yeah, and they had their first bowl practice what Friday, and then they'll have more. You'll you'll see and gather a little bit more about about where they're pointed in the future based on who's around a little bit more, maybe who's around a little bit less. Uh, some things that go on over the next week or ten days, for sure. Well, I think the thing that you have to understand is, and I, 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 I believe this. Uh, these are professional people, and they're uh, uh, they're going to handle this in a professional manner. They're not going to um, um, they're not going to make decisions where people are shocked or people are hit off guard, things of that nature. This is, um, you know, the Southeastern Conference. You know, coaches and players move within the league now from a coaching perspective it's where you make the most money uh from a player's perspective it's where you face the best competition so i don't know what's going to happen in this situation um you'll see coaches leave and we've gotten some here now that leave an sec school to go to a different sec school so that stuff's going to happen but i don't i I don't know if it's going to happen in this situation or not uh, the question I have is a lot of South Carolina fans did not react well to this news. We saw a couple of years ago with Tennessee that looked like they were about to hire Greg Schiano and Tennessee kind of upward on that. I don't know if that had anything to do with why Dow hasn't been hired at South Carolina or not. That is something I always think about. If they kind of put something out there just to see how the fan base reacts, which you can't. Well, Greg Schiano's deal was a whole different deal. Let's not equate that. I mean, Greg Schiano's deal had nothing to do with football. Um, I mean, it may have ultimately, but I mean, what they used was, uh, you know, something that, that, that didn't involve football at all. So, you know, Dow's, Dow's not in that situation. And I don't want to delve too deeply into this because none of us know. We don't know. And it doesn't matter what South Carolina's fans think. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, if Shane Beamer, he's going to hire the OC that he thinks is best for his program. If he doesn't, if he listens to the fans, as Bobby Knight used to say, it won't be long before he's sitting with them. and uh, he needs to make the best hire for his program. See, the thing with Dow is, and Richard brought this up, I was unaware of this, three four-star tight ends you got coming into Arkansas committed right now. That's never been done in the history of recruiting since the stats have been taken. There's no doubt as soon as he stepped into a role that he really hadn't done before, he's excelling in it. But if you look at his track record in the National Football League, and I know some of the teams that he was the OC of, they just weren't good, and he didn't have a lot of weapons around him. But the offensive coordinator side of things, the stats aren't great. And I think that's the question that some people have is, like, great recruiter, what would he be like coaching college football at the OC level? And I think it's a fair question to have based on the stats that he has in the NFL. I don't think you can equate NFL numbers. I, I, I mean, you don't 
just because your offense wasn't great in the NFL doesn't mean you're not well qualified to be an OC oh, in college. That's what I'm saying. That's the, the but is a, that is a fair question based on the four or five years that he's been in the National Football League. As well, an I OC. think it's comparing apples and oranges, frankly. I, I mean, uh, um, um, you know, again, I, 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 I'm, I'm not sure we're even talking about something that's going to happen here. But um, obviously, Shane Beamer is going to hire who he thinks is best for his program. Period. End of story. And um, I, I just don't think there's much more to it right now than that. Yeah. I thought one of the other big headlines that came out over the weekend, Jacoby Criswell, who played high school football at Moralton, half-brother of Dre Greenlaw, um, been at North Carolina, has uh, come out of the portal and committed to Arkansas, or went into the portal and is now going out and going to, going to come to Arkansas. Chuck, uh, a lot of people have wondered, since Malik Hornsby left, who would be the, the backup quarterback behind KJ. Uh, I'm excited to see Jacoby Criswell be a, become a Razorback. He's a very good player. I mean, he's a uh, he's a really good player, and um, whoever he ultimately signs with will will be getting a good one. You got one more, right? Quarterback wise, I mean, he can't be the only one that you're going to go get. I would think. I think you're probably going to pull someone else out of the portal in addition to bringing in Malachi Singleton mm-hmm. as a true freshman. Is that a fair thought process? I think that's fair. Me? I mean, the thing with Jacoby Criswell, we haven't seen a lot of at the college level from him yet. Uh, a lot of you're still basing a lot of your opinion on his high school play, but he is a dual-thread quarterback, fits the mold of the system uh, in which you, you've been running with KJ. So I think, I think that's, that's what excites me is how good he was at, at Moralton High School with, with doing what he did. And the deal was is it didn't look like Morris recruited them that hard out of high school. Pittman kind of came in and tried it, but at that point he was already heading out to Chapel Hill. And so that relationship, that's what I've spoken to before. Like, you might not win it, and this, it's a little different story with an in-state kid. You might not get a four- or five-star out of high school, but with the transfer portal being so rampant, that second or third choice, Arkansas is going to be in a lot of those situations that you can convince a kid like a Landon Jackson out of Texarkana, like a Drew Sanders out of Denton. Both those guys consider Arkansas. Mm-hmm. We just weren't any good. And then now that we were turning in the right direction, they're like, that's actually a cool place. I'm yeah. going to go here. You got it. That, that, that's something else that we haven't talked a lot about when it comes to Arkansas football that you hopefully have an advantage of. Well, yeah. When you're terrible, you're not going to get good players. And when you're headed in the right direction, you're going to. And, um, you know, despite the fact that Arkansas hit a bump in the road this year in certain respects, I still think it's viewed as a program on the rise. And, and you know, there's been a definite ascension over the last three years since Sam Pittman got here. And, um, you know, you hear it, it's cliche-ish, but, um, you know, they're a lot closer than they were before. You know, you hear that phrase, not that far away a lot. I don't think they're as far away maybe as people think, but um, there's that glass ceiling to crack. But I think when you look at the program in general, that people still view it as one on the rise, and I think players do too. Is it safe to assume at this point all the players that are going to enter the portal that have been on your roster have done so now? Is Is that a safe assumption, Chuck? I don't know about that. I don't know about that. No, okay. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that's that's safe. I, I'm. I think that probably the bulk of it. Okay. You know the bulk of it's uh, behind us, but no, I. I you know I think there's still going to be guys at lots of places. I, if you're asking me, is there a specific guy out no, there that no, I still no, think's going to leave? No, but it wouldn't surprise me. We no, still, I'm just saying about the timing of all of it. You know, you've you've had a lot of the the end of season one on ones. You know. I think players make their mind up uh, in general. I'm generalizing here. Well, players make their mind up weeks and months ago, and 
I think a lot of them you know, want their name out there early. No, let people know they're available. Well, some of them do. You're gonna look. You know, you're gonna get lost in the shuffle now. I mean, the time to get your name out there is over. Um, you know, at this point, you you know, you may have a kid out there. I don't know how else to put it. Working a deal somewhere else. Yeah. And um, you know, if it, uh, I think at this point, if you're just entering the portal hoping, you know, if you're just hoping, um, as we've discussed, I mean, you can go from fourth on the depth chart to being seven hundred and fourth on the depth chart. So. You know, at this point, um, there may be some. I don't know that there's going to be any glamour guys at this point. But, again, nothing would surprise me. You got till January the 18th, so still right. yeah. basically a month over. And I, I think what also has to do with that, we'll see if, if anything happens with the Dow Loggins report. We'll see what happens with Michael Scherer. We'll see what also happens with whoever they hire, <laughs> new defensive coordinator. That plays into all this as well. You know, it's been interesting to watch what's going on at Alabama and the number of players they've had enter the portal. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's... It's it's an interesting. Deion's hired a couple of their coaches, yeah, and uh, they've had some guys enter the portal. You know, one thing I think you got to think about is is um, you know when a guy makes a move and shares names come up. I know, um, guys, when you coach in the Southeastern Conference, you make really good money. You make really really good money, and there's only a few places you can go and make the kind of money that these guys are already making. So don't ever discount that. And, um, you know, that's uh, – uh, you've, you've also got to look at where a, you know, where a coach is in terms of his career. You may have a guy, um, you know, who's and, – and I'm not using Dow Loggins as an example, but you may have a coach somewhere who's, uh, you know, he's been in the NFL. He's, he's invested in their pension. He's, um, he's good financially, in other words. Um, you may have a younger coach who's still, um, you know, he's, he's still building his portfolio, so to speak. And, um, but money comes, you know, money comes into this. When we start talking about coaches moving around, uh, don't ever discount how much that plays into this. Let's talk some more basketball as we recap a little bit with what happened in Tulsa against Oklahoma. Guy we hadn't necessarily mentioned uh, just yet this morning as it's about 8-14. Kamani Johnson, Chuck. I mean, six seven. not the biggest guy out there, but he just outworks people. And you saw in the second half, he was irritating the one of the, the Groves brothers, and he just had another solid game. When he gets in there, he you know you're going to get 110% out of him. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy you're, you, you know, I don't I don't know that he's going to, I think he played 32 minutes the other night in the game. I don't, I don't know that we're going to see that a lot, but um, yeah, when he comes in, I mean, you know something's fixing to happen, that's for sure. One of the things I noticed in this game, and Tommy, I don't know you didn't get a chance to because you had some stuff on Saturday. These refs let him play a little bit. Well, I watched all, the game Sunday. Oh, so, you did? Okay, yeah. you were, went back and watched it. There, it was a it was a really well-played basketball game, so I thought on both ends. But that is going to favor Arkansas this year if the officials are well, less apt to call touchy fouls, the way they play physically and the way they're linked. That's always going to favor Arkansas this now, year. You you had... A great crew there Saturday, but Terry Oglesby and Doug Sermons. Doug Sermons has worked, I don't know, eight or nine, ten, a large number of Final Fours, and Terry Oglesby's worked a few now at this point, and two of the top officials, and Orlando's pool is guy that's been in the NBA. But what I saw Saturday is you had a lot of driving to the rim and a lot of the contact that people would yell and scream about is initiated by the offense, and they weren't calling offensive-initiated contact on drives to the hole, and that's one thing we've got to get used to with a team that's going to attack the rim 
when the defender is doing nothing wrong, the defender's vertical and playing straight up in a, in a, in a good legal position, the offensive players were crashing in and creating the contact. That's not going to be a foul if you got a good crew, and I thought that's what we saw Saturday was legal defenders were not penalized on drives to the hole. I thought they called a good game. Yeah, Let it play. There was a great flow to the game, and they didn't disrupt it. A good official does not disrupt the flow, and I thought yep. that they they uh, they avoided that. Um, and, and, you know, um, I, I suspect we'll see certain games where you do see, you know, all the ticky-tack fouls that we scream about. I did notice I watched um, – the end of the Auburn Memphis game, and um, you know Auburn, Auburn drove in and initiated the contact a couple of times and didn't get the call, and so uh, I think that's good. I, I don't I don't think an offensive guy should be able off the dribble drive to just go in and and uh, initiate the contact. There are times, I mean, that's part of the game within the game. I mean, there mm-hmm. there there are times you do initiate the contact if you've got them in the right position, and that's when you get an and one. Yeah. But no, just just drive it in and. You know, going chest to chest with a defender—that's that's not going to get you to the well, line anymore. Yeah, they're legal, and you know, there's times where what you're doing is catching your opponent in a position where they're no longer legal and creating that contact. That right. foul's going to go on the defender. So you you're exactly right in the way you described. They didn't have game interrupters, and um, you had you had two schools with different conferences. This was a good crossover crew. Um, so you had two of the best in the country as a solid crew. And I thought thought you're exactly right. They stayed out of the way. Let the flow of the game take care of itself, and um, but we all got to get used to in a, in a in a game that in a team this year that's going to drive to the hole a lot. That's going to be something to watch night in, night out, and on Saturdays, it, it's go, it might be a little different than a, than a mid midweek. And game. it w- it was getting kind of chippy towards the end of that first half. There was a play that Devonte Davis got a, a steal on Cortez, and there was a loose like diving forward and just how it is, and they mm-hmm. did a good job of de escalating. The well, situation. Well. So in the well. second half, again, Arkansas is taking over. Chuck, what do you think? You were in attendance. What do you think of Hawk fans chanting SEC at the end of the game? I mean, I, well, I was I expected up. it. Well, I, you know, it's 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 a little more apropos now with Oklahoma coming into the league. So I mean, I, I think that was basically a welcome. Happened a lot back in the early nineties. Um, so I mean, I was. I was not surprised. That's just uh, that's just part of the fun. Tommy, I, f- I felt like my gr- oh, go ahead, yeah. sorry, Chuck. No, 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 that's all right. Go ahead. I felt like my grandpa on Saturday afternoon. I had the Comrex set up, so I was listening to Chuck <laughs> as I watched the game. I'm looking at Chuck and Z who are down below in front of me. They had the media up top, so I'm listening to Chuck call the game as I'm watching the game on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. how'd you get all that synced up? That was pretty good. It, it was a little behind, but yeah. it was it was worth it because I, I wanted to listen to you as well. Hey, let me talk specifically to business owners who want to take their business to the next level with NIL marketing. I know many of our listeners are business owners. They'd love to take advantage of the new NIL opportunities, connect their brand with a university student-athlete. Not quite sure how to make it happen. If that's you, Fieldhouse Sports Marketing is your Northwest Arkansas NIL authority, and they'll help you get started. They work with athletes to connect them with opportunities that maximize their potential and benefit the Northwest Arkansas economy. Live appearances, social media promotions, commercial production, community engagement, all sorts of opportunities. And you can call 202-5031. That's 202-5031. Or visit fhsportsmarketing.com. They'll connect you with a student-athlete today. That's fhsportsmarketing.com. 
Welcome to the Fieldhouse. I mentioned that didn't watch the Heisman Trophy presentation first time in 20 years. The other thing I'm actually disappointed I didn't watch, I missed the first ever Army-Navy overtime game. That was something. I mean, first time ever yeah, in Army history won, so. that that uh, has ever gone down. At some point, I'd like to go to Philadelphia, but that would be the one takeaway from Saturday. I wish I'd watched that game. So they played in what, Philadelphia? They also play in Maryland. Annapolis, I'm right. No, they they play where the uh, where the Ravens play. So they moved that game around a little bit. But yeah, that's I think it's a bucket list destination or a do- bucket list game for a lot of people is the Army Navy. But you know it's always cold, Chuck, when it's time for the Army yeah. Navy game. Well, I know they they've always got those coats on, and you Washington. can tell that it's uh, tell that it's winter time. That's a fun game to watch. I, yeah. I mean, and I like the way they do it, where they play it on the you know the week after the championship mm-hmm. games and the only game on and people are still ready to watch college football and they've uh they're on to something with these uniforms you know the way they're doing that that makes it more marketable too yeah so that uh i know that was fun i my family that's been in the military always made a made a point to watch that this podcast has been presented by bet online this podcast is an exclusive property of pearson broadcasting it may not be copied reproduced modified published uploaded reposted transmitted or distributed in any way without pearson broadcasting's prior written consent subscribe to the hit that line podcast network the best podcast in the natty state just search hit that line wherever you listen to podcasts brought to you by breeden rv center thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.